Welcome to the Traveling Image Makers Podcast, your source of inspiration about travel photography. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride as we bring you on a tour around the world with our guests. Hello, this is episode 55 of the Traveling Image Makers podcast with Ugo Che and Ralph Velasco. We recorded this episode while Ralph was in Tokyo during a brief layover uh, on his way home from a trip to India and Vietnam. So I wanted to have a conversation with Ralph about India, a place I was uh, always curious of, always wanted to visit, and uh, he just went there and took home some amazing photographs that you can see uh, in the blog post that goes together with this episode at TTIM photo forward slash 55. So I was saying I wanted to converse with Ralph about India, about his experience being there, about what it's like to photograph India, about some practical tips and uh, lots of other things. So I hope you will uh, enjoy this conversation if you plan to visit India. And even if you don't, it's uh, it's such a great place. So it's always interesting to, to talk about it and... Uh, to talk about this uh, whole continent that is so different from anything else that we Westerners are used to. So enjoy our conversation. So good day, Ralph. It's been a while since we last spoke. I know you were uh, you were traveling across all of Asia, and right now you are in Japan. How are you doing? I'm great. Thanks. Yeah, I'm here in Tokyo, city I've always wanted to go to, and I uh, had an opportunity to make that happen. And so here I am, really enjoying myself. It's good to be back. It's great to have you back here. And uh, so you've been to first to India and then to Vietnam for for a few weeks. And I wanted to, to talk to you about India specifically, because it's such a, such a great country and you've been there for uh, for quite some time. So you had the time to to explore it, to discover it, and to photograph it, of course. So I would like to, to dedicate this episode to talking about India, if you're uh, okay with that. Absolutely. Yes, I will love to talk about India. <laughs> yeah, and before we start, I would just like to ask our audience for a little bit of, uh, a little bit of feedback. What we would like to have is uh, your questions. I would like to, to have questions from the audience, and uh, we will... Uh, read those questions or listen to them in one of the upcoming episodes and we will use them to, to talk about uh, topics to uh, try to clear your doubts about travel photography or photography in general and the way you can submit questions is either by going to to our website at ttim.photo and there is a contact us uh, page there you can just leave your question there leave your name uh, we will mention you during the show. Uh, you can also get in touch with us through Twitter. We are at uh, Traveling Image Makers on Twitter and the Traveling Image Makers on Facebook too. Uh, everything works, whatever uh, works best for you. Um, you can either type your question in, the, in uh, send it us, send it to us via Twitter, or use a, a post on our Facebook page, or even better. If you record your question, you can use your phone, you can use your computer, do a little recording, uh, send it to us, get in touch with us via Facebook and Twitter or the website, and we will tell you how to send us the recording. We will 
uh, get the, the best ones online. We'll uh, play them online and we will answer your questions uh, uh, as much, as many questions as we can. So, as we can. So, please something, send something interesting, some pithy questions, uh, something funny, or just something that uh, bugs you and you want to know the answer to. We will try our best to, to give you an answer. So, uh, back to India now. Uh, so, what's uh, what's so great about India? Why did you decide to go there? What what brought you to that place? Well, this was actually my second trip to India. I'd been there about uh, five or six years ago, and that was a very quick trip. I think it was uh, eight or nine days. And so, um, you know, I organize and lead trips around the world, and this was really high on my list to bring a group back to because I think the the cultural and photo opportunities are just limitless in uh, this very fascinating country. And so uh, finally uh, found a, a really great local tour operator to work with uh, who is you know, essentially my partner on the ground in the place and helps me to put together these trips uh, because I've, I've tried to do that myself, organize the the hotels and the restaurants and the guides and the transportation, et cetera, all on my own. And it's, uh, it's a lot of work. So much easier to work with a local tour operator who can help me with that information. And so I finally found a great one to work with and, uh, we put together a scouting trip. So I was there for about a month and I, uh, you know, just fell in love with it again. So, um, I, I, I just felt that this was the place that, uh, needed to be next on my list to bring a group back to because there's so much variety and uh, it, it just what I look for if there's one thing I look for when I put together a trip it's variety mm-hmm. and uh, it's not just the photography actually so you know do they have a good tourist infrastructure is you know how's the food what are the people like and etc so uh, all this plays into when I decide to uh, go to a specific destination. So it all worked out for India this time. And I guess it's easy to, to fall in love with, uh, with a place like India. But are there any specific highlights? What are the places that you visited and which ones would you really recommend that people go to? Yeah, so this trip is uh, sort of the standard Golden Triangle, which is uh, Delhi, Agra, and Jaipur. But I've also added Pushkar, which uh, is where they have the Camel Fest, and Jodhpur, which is known as the Blue City. So we hit five five of these cities, and we uh, do them pretty thoroughly. And uh, it's just a, a very small part of a very large country, but there's still a lot of variety within that area. So Rajasthan uh, makes up part of that uh, region that we're in there. And uh, you get to the capital of Delhi. Uh, you've got Agra, which, of course, is where the Taj Mahal is, one of the things that you just have to see. And uh, the Pushkar Camel Fest, which is a place that I've always, uh, you know, a, an event that I've always heard of and wanted to bring a group to. And so it was everything and more than I expected. And that is part of the, the northern part of the country, if I'm not mistaken, right? It is. It is. It's a fairly small region. We drive between locations, and the the distances are are not too far. Maybe three to five hours. So uh, it's a it's a nice concentrated area with a lot of variety. So you get a, a, a lot of bang for the buck there. 
And how's the climate during this time of the year? Is it cold? Is it hot? Wet? Dry? You know, I think India's uh, got a reputation of always being hot and muggy, and that's not necessarily true. And uh, the reason that I went in October and my trip is running next October is because the the climate was very, very temperate. So uh, in Fahrenheit, it was probably anywhere from 55 to 80 degrees. Mm -hmm. And so nice and cool and very comfortable. It's, I don't believe it rained at all when I was there, at least not memorably. And uh, so that's what I try to do is organize my trips at uh, you know, good times of year when the weather is, is good, but also keeping in mind that you know, I want to do it sort of on the shoulder season when uh, I don't like huge crowds, which is hard to avoid in India, but I mean huge tourist crowds. And so, um, yeah, we saw tourists, of course, but uh, they were fairly... Uh, limited, but uh, I try not to go during the high season because prices are higher, tourist crowds are higher, and so the shoulder season worked out really well, and the weather was fantastic. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, so what 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 place was the highlight of your trip? Which one? Which city or location did you like the best? Well, um, probably two that I would mention. So one is the the Pushkar Camel Fair. And this is a, a this uh, sort of place where these tribesmen come in from all over the region with their camels and horses and some other livestock, and they've been doing this for hundreds of years. And um, obviously, it's become much more modernized today. But uh, it's very interesting to see how this works. And they've got, uh, I mean, there's a a huge amusement park there with like three or four Ferris wheels and different rides. And, um, there's a, a big sort of stadium where they have demonstrations and things like that with the horses and the, the camels. But, uh, the fun part is just walking around and seeing the stables where they keep the animals. Um, we've got a really great local guide who was able to, of course, interpret for us. And, uh, we were able to ask questions and he would, uh, be able to get the answers for us and um you know it's just interesting to see how these things continue that have been going on for hundreds if not thousands of years and uh so that was very impressionable uh, you know very impressionable on me and uh also jodhpur which is the uh, also known as the blue city there's a really impressive fort there the jodhpur fort and uh just This massive fort on a huge precipice uh, just dominates the skyline there. Mm-hmm. And so walking around the fortress itself is fantastic. And then you walk down from there into the part of Jodhpur that's sort of known as the Blue City. And that's where just the people live and work and are going about their daily activities. And uh, the photo opportunities are just endless. So to me, those are probably the two major highlights. I, I didn't hear you mention Varanasi, but I think you, you were there. I see some, some of your photos from from there. We will be putting photos in the in the blog post so uh, as well. And uh, I've always been yeah. fascinated by, by Varanasi, by the those ghats. Are they called ghats, the the banks of mm-hmm. the river Ganges, where they also do funerals? They actually did you get to witness a funeral? Yeah. 
Yeah, so uh, I also did Varanasi. Uh, that will not be a part of the trip mm-hmm. next year because it's just too much to try to put that into oh, about uh, 13 days to also include Varanasi because that requires at least two or three more days. So I chose not to. I did go there on the scouting trip, but chose not to include it in the actual trip. Uh, required two more flights, and uh, it just didn't make uh, logistical sense. But it is a fascinating place. I think there's uh, something like 85 ghats, which are those banks that go down into the, the Ganges River. Uh, really fascinating because you see uh, these, these uh, people come from all over the country to worship in the Ganges. They want to bathe themselves. They want to cleanse their bodies and sins in the Ganges. That's the ultimate goal. Uh, and their ultimate goal is to actually die in Varanasi. I mean, that would be, uh, it's like sort of a shortcut to their heaven. And so it's, uh, it's really interesting uh, how, they, how they perceive that. And you can see the people bathing themselves, uh, worshiping, making offerings. I uh, did go to uh, the major uh, place where, where they actually have the funerals. They burn the bodies. They take the ashes, they spread them into the Ganges. It's uh, just an incredible place. And um, so I highly recommend that people go there if they uh, have the time. Okay. So, and another, really thing I, another thing I notice in your photos is the, is the people, are the people. And uh, lots of great subjects. And I was uh, noticing how most of your subjects look straight at you in the camera and I seem very comfortable doing that, very natural. And many of them has a, have a very, I would say, a deep gaze. They look like they are looking at your soul, so to speak. I find it really fas- fascinating and interesting. Are the, the people there difficult to photograph? What's their attitude towards photographers? No, they're fairly open to being photographed and uh, were willing to sort of work with me a little bit. Now I, I, you know, the, I would take a series of photographs over maybe 30 or 60 seconds and, but they weren't posing for me, but they would often, like you say, sort of gaze into the, the lens or, you know, into, like you say, my soul. Um, and so it's, it's fairly easy to photograph the people there. Uh, very few, I remember maybe one or two people saying that they did not want to be photographed. Uh, it's nice because, uh, there's always the question about, do you have to tip people? And, uh, I, there was never that situation where we, you know, like Cuba, the people are known to be willing to be photographed, but you almost always have to tip them. Mm-hmm. It's just the culture. I always say it's just a very cultural thing, whether or not people want to be tipped. And, uh, so the, the people, are, are really open to being photographed and will often look into the camera. I, I like candid f- photography a lot, but uh, oftentimes these people will just stare me down and let me sort of move around the scene and get a nice background. And I was able to, to, to work it a little bit. So um, a lot of times in these very busy cities and places like that, you have to shoot very quickly uh, just in order to be able to grab a shot. And uh, here I was able to work it a little bit. Yeah. And, um- People who have not been to India, myself included, probably have uh, created a picture of that country in their mind that might be based on 
important on stereotypes. You know, Bollywood movies or the slums of Mumbai, the Taj Mahal and so on. But it's it's such a a huge country. It's a continent. And uh, as you said, you, you visited only a part of it. So for, for people who have an image of India in their minds, what, what do you think could actually surprise them if they actually visit India? Yeah, I think people uh, often hear about the the negatives of a place first. And so with India, it's the crowds and traffic and um, smog and things like that. And those things certainly do exist. The poverty, uh, they, they absolutely do exist. But uh, there's so much more beyond that. Um, it, it, it is chaotic. It's The traffic is incessant. The noise is constant. But that's India and that's what it's about and that's why we travel I think that's why I travel uh, I don't want to go to a place that's just like mine because I'll just stay at home but if I can go to a place and it's different and uh, sometimes it's nerve-wracking uh, sometimes it amazes you it astonishes you it appalls you but um, that's why I travel is to go to these places and to have these other experiences and see how other people live um, so I think certainly the, the traffic will shock people. It's a endless stream of tuk-tuks and elephants walking down the street, cars, honking horns. You know, it's it's probably everything you've heard of and more. Mm -hmm. But uh, that to me is what's fascinating about it. And sacred cows uh, roaming the streets, stuff like that. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, absolutely. Another thing that really interests me when I travel, when I go to other cultures, is the religious aspects of life. And I think India, in that respect, has a, has a lot to offer, being the, the cradle of Hinduism and Buddhism, and having been, uh, at least in part, a Muslim country and still having lots of Muslims there. Um, how is religion present in everyday life? And uh, do you have anything to keep in mind when approaching religious subjects or uh, I don't know, holy men doing the rites uh, or what's, uh, is there anything in particular uh, minding the differences between Hindus and Muslims? Do you have any uh, suggestions about that? Well, the um, you know, the people are, uh, even the, the people that are practicing religious rituals and things are pretty open to being photographed. Uh, if uh, we went to some of the ghats in Pushkar, and there is a place there, um, sort of a small pool on this fairly large lake, where uh, we were learning about the rituals that the people go through. And there were a group of women across the way bathing themselves, and uh, they're half naked. And so this is just something that they do. And, of course, it's not right to be photographing that. Mm -hmm. But uh, they just do it, and it's accepted, and it's no big deal. But, um, but the, the sadhus, which are these sort of self-proclaimed holy men that you'll see around sometimes, they often have painted faces. They cover themselves in ash and, and dyes. Uh, I might have given you a picture or two of, of some of those. Yeah. Uh, these are, are very open to being photographed. Now, they do like to accept a tip a very small tip, maybe the equivalent of 25 or 50 cents U.S. And uh, 
to me, I'm more than happy to, to, to give that. It's, uh, you know, they're giving me an opportunity for some nice photographs, so I don't have a problem with it. Um, but uh, you'll also see, again, people practicing these rituals on the banks of the Ganges, uh, again, in Pushkar. And uh, so they're very open to being photographed. One uh, very interesting religion, too, are the Sikhs. Okay. And these are the, the – you'll see these gentlemen wearing uh, sort of tall turbans, and many of them have beards. And it's such an interesting uh, religion, and they've got two temples, at least two major temples in Delhi. And we visit uh, the one on Chandni Chok, and that's sort of one of the main streets, goes right into the Red Fort in Delhi. And you can go in there, and you have to take off your shoes, of course – and wash your feet as you walk into the temple, but you also have to cover your head, as even as a man, especially as a man. And uh, you can walk through and see them sitting there playing music, uh, chanting. And then there's another part is the kitchen. So they're known for feeding thousands of people a day for free. And if you want to go and have lunch there, you can. But they've got this massive kitchen with these huge cauldrons of all vegetarian foods that they're cooking. Uh, there's volunteers there uh, making the flatbread and stirring up these pots, and, and they will just feed thousands of people a day for free. There's even uh, a man on the street who is pouring cups of water for people. And so people just come by, and they want some water, and uh, they're a very, very giving religion. So um, I'm just fascinated by the Sikh, Sikh people and their culture. So you mentioned food, and of course Indian food is famous all over the world. How do you like it? Uh, I don't like it. I love it. <laughs> I, I love Indian food. Um, yeah, and uh, never got sick. Um, on our trips, we always go to you know, restaurants that are vetted. Uh, we, we actually do a, food to, a foodie tour. I try to incorporate foodie tours into all my trips. And so we did a foodie tour in Delhi where we had a local guide take us around and we tasted street food, which uh, people, right, rightly so, are uh, somewhat hesitant to do, uh, to you know, just walk around and eat the street food. Uh, I've got a pretty strong stomach, but I, I'm very careful in that situation. But, um, you know, hired this local guide who specializes in street food tours. And so we walked around and went to restaurants that he knew were um, you know, good and weren't, weren't, uh, going to, you know, get the average tourists sick or, you know, what's called deli belly. Mm -hmm. And so we had fun doing that, but the, the food is, uh, you know, and it's, and it's also got a reputation for being extremely spicy, which you, you can order it more spicy, but it's fairly mild actually. And it's often uh, mostly vegetarian. So if you want meats, mostly chicken and, um, that, which uh, the chicken is just outstanding. Um, you, you, you have to look for it a little bit, yeah. but, uh, I, I just love the food there. It's fantastic. What other practical issues do you have to take care of? I mean, uh, safety, food safety, of course, water, uh, transportation, uh, accommodation and so on. Do you have any, uh, suggestion tips, uh, caveats for people? Well, uh, with regards to accommodations, um, I was when I first went to India, a good friend of mine who had been there several times gave me some very good advice. And um, he said, if you can afford it, get a really good hotel. And 
you know, you can find very inexpensive, probably 10 or 15 U.S. per night rooms throughout India, I'm sure. But uh, I was willing and capable of spending 75 to 100 U.S. to get a very nice hotel room because you go out into this this sort of chaos, this organized chaos. Uh, it can be hot at times of year. The first time I went there was in June. It was 122 degrees in some places. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's great to have a nice hotel to come back to after you've gone out into that sort of chaos and that noise. And, and it's, it's nice to have this little respite to come back to and kind of relax and, and, and regroup. So that's one suggestion I would make. Um, also, with regards to safety, um, there I, you know, I didn't feel uncomfortable, I don't think, ever. And, uh, of course, you have to use common sense and just regular sort of common safety, you know, watching your bag and keeping it with you always and, uh, you know, having a strap across your chest instead of uh, walking with your camera just hanging on the side. So just your basic travel safety tips, but nothing special. And, uh, yeah, sometimes you have to be careful about, uh, we went to the Jama Majid, which is the Friday mosque in Delhi and I had shorts on. And so they gave me a wrap to put around my waist and you also have to uh, take your shoes off. So you can, uh, they will often give you little, uh, things that you can wrap around your feet, sort of like surgeons wear sometimes in hospitals. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can wrap those around your, your shoes or you take your shoes off and you walk around barefoot. So if that puts you off a little bit, um, you, you may want to, uh, number one, wear shoes that you can easily take on and off. Uh, if you are going to be visiting a lot of these places where you need to do that. Um, oftentimes there's a charge for a camera, so if you want, because they don't charge to get into these mosques, but in order to make some money, our guide told us that they will charge a camera fee. Mm-hmm. And so that's something to be aware of. It's uh, fairly inexpensive. I, I think maybe three to five U.S. equivalent. So, um, you know, just be aware of that. Uh, and, and certainly, and I talk about this almost on all my trips, but certainly in India and Asia in general, is being aware of crossing the streets because the traffic is nonstop. There's, there are lights, but it's rare that everyone mm-hmm. will adhere to them. And uh, even if it's a one-way street, you know it's a one-way street, always look both ways because inevitably there's someone coming from the other way. And uh, so that's the one that's going to get you. So I tell people to be extra cautious about just crossing the streets. And, of course, they drive on the left side of the road there. So for those of us who come from countries where they drive on the right side of the road, it can be very confusing crossing the street. So take your time. And I always tell people on my trips too, and uh, especially in places like Cuba, Vietnam, Cambodia, India, to look for open construction sites with holes in the ground or broken curbs and sidewalks and things like that. Just to always be aware of where you're walking and not walking around looking through a viewfinder of your camera because that's very, very safe. Uh, unsafe, excuse me, very unsafe. Uh, but just to contrast being here in, in Tokyo right now, there are construction sites and there's actually a, like a flagman. I mean, there's obvious uh, cones and safety tape everywhere. It's obvious that this is a construction 
place that you need to avoid and walk around. But there's also a man there with a, a flashlight sort of waving you, t- you know, toward around it. And I think it's just such a contrast to, to you know, a place like India. It's, it's really, really interesting. So you've got to pay a little attention, try to keep yourself uh, safe, but it's not really a, a dangerous place if one is a, uses a well, modicum of common sense, I guess. I would say pay a lot of attention yeah. with the st- crossing the streets. But as far as you know, safety, as far as getting you know, pickpocketed and things like that, I never felt uncomfortable. Okay. But uh, yeah, just use common sense. Good to know. So any other tips, uh, information, highlights of your trip that you want to share? You know, with travel photography in general, again, I, I talk about looking for variety when it comes to putting together my trips. And, and in that sense, I mostly mean I'm looking for big cities, small villages, uh, different types of photo opportunities, uh, giving people a, you know, maybe train travel, air travel and land. So giving people a variety, a taste for different things. But with regards to photography, I think with travel photography, if you want to tell the story of the place, you have to look for a variety of images. Now I, I will be the first to admit that I took a lot of people photographs on this trip. And, uh, but if I were to put together a slideshow or a presentation or a book and it was, just the people, unless it was a book about the people of India that I specifically titled that way. Uh, I think it's important to, to, for travel photography to show a variety of images. So landscapes, people, the culture and customs, what are they wearing, the food, transportation, architecture, details, interiors, night scenes, etc. These are all categories of a shot list. So um, highly recommend that you look for a variety of images that tells the story of the place, the underbelly is a category um, that is uh, you know, something that the tourist office probably isn't advertising. It might be the poverty or the garbage dumps, homelessness, things like that. Um, so highly recommend that uh, you look for a variety with your photography. Great. So for people who might want to join you on your next trip there, uh, when is it going to be and where can people go and find more about it? Sure. So this trip is being offered next October 20th through November 1st, 2017. And they can go to my website at photoenrichment.com. Look for tours, hover your mouse over tours and you'll see uh, current tours. And then there's a, a link there for the colors and cultures, the colors and culture of India trip. And uh, we'll put that in the show notes as well. But uh, people can also email me and uh, ask any specific questions. But uh, really looking forward to sharing this amazing country and culture with people. I mean, that's why I do this. Yeah, I would love to to take part in that myself. Who knows? Maybe. Okay, so uh, it's been a great discovering India through your words and your photos that we will uh, put in the blog post for this episode. And I don't know, maybe next time we can talk a little bit about Vietnam or Japan before you are uh, back to the U.S. and uh, back to our regular schedule. Sounds great. We'd love to do that. Looking forward to uh, some of our upcoming guests that we have as well and uh, continuing with the show. 